This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. With fast funding up to $10,000 available through net credit, our online application process was designed to get the money you need quickly if approved. You can borrow an amount that meets your needs and repay in a way that works for your financial situation. And we report on-time payments to credit bureaus, so you can build credit history as you repay. See what net credit can do for you today. Check your eligibility without affecting your credit score at netcredit.com. All net credit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the net credit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit netcredit.com slash partners for more information. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Oh, that new doctor is dropped at gorgeous. Oh, please, he's just another RV League educated surgeon with good hair. No, he's different. Nurses, we got a classy motorhome with a detached driver's side mirror. Meet me in the OR. Stat. Right away, doctor. No, 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 she's on break. I'll handle this one. Oh, you conniving little... When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to That Mill Podcast, international break special with myself, Omar, joined by Mr. Mickey Simpson. Hello, pal. You all right? Yes, mate. Not too bad. Not too bad yourself. Yeah, all good, mate, all good. Yeah. Bit knackered from always. the boxing. Bit, of a, bit knackered from the boxing, but yeah, all good. All good. Yeah, there's only one Tyson Fury. What a great fight it was, mate, by the way, wasn't it? It was brilliant. Oh, did he win? Yeah, he won. Oh, you, well, welcome, Kai, uh, who's just out of bed. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Tyson Fury won last night, Kai, or in the morning, early hours of the morning. Beat Deontay Wilder in the 11th round. Yeah, it yeah, was a knockout. It. But you have to watch it to tell the story, to be honest. It was um, yeah. quite an eventful fight. And yeah, to be fair, I think it was a good advertising for um, heavyweight boxing in that sense anyway. It's probably one of the best fights in recent years, definitely. Yeah, um, yeah superb fight. And, and yeah. Tyson Fury is... Uh, Head and shoulders, one of the best heavyweights ever. Yeah, um, 
absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal fire. It's just the ability to kind of have all sorts of his act to his game. You know, he knocked him out yesterday, uh, last night, but also he's you know capable of outboxing people as well. But anyway, we're here to talk about Millwall. We're here to talk about football. This is episode number twenty, our international break special. Uh, we'll be into the show part number one, where we'll talk a bit about Barnsley last week. We hadn't had the show recently. And obviously about the last seven games in general and about Millwall in general as always. So let's go into that now. And welcome to the first part. And welcome to the first part of the show. Uh, chaps, we're here to talk about all things Millwall. Mate, you're laughing away over there, but people won't even know I fucked up one first one in there. <laughs> <laughs> The art of editing. Yeah. yeah. If you're listening to this bit and you haven't heard Omar fuck up, he did fuck up. Yeah. But he's edited it out because he's the one doing the editing today. Correct. So you won't know, but I'll make sure that I keep talking and, and, and we'll throw it in occasionally so that he can't edit it all out. The one doing the editing, I'm always the one that does the editing anyway, most of the time. Uh, so anyway, yeah. 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 <laughs> by and large. By and large. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, lads, let's talk about football. Let's talk about Millwall. Uh, we obviously we didn't get the chance to do a show last week after our win at Barnsley. Obviously, I was up there, Kai. But you know, 89th minute, cover the man, cover the hour. Murray Wallace pops up, deservedly so, to score the win in the game. I mean, it kind of just caps off obviously a seven-game unbeaten spell that I think no one really kind of thought would happen. Obviously, you know, we've drawn a few games, drew four in a row, but you know, it seems to have picked up in the last couple of games. And you know, Barnsley in particular, great to get over the line when we just really deserved it. Yeah, all of a sudden, the, it was what before the Bristol City and the Barnsley game, it was five unbeaten, but it was only one win and four draws, and that makes it look a little bit. Um, it doesn't doesn't look as good as it as five unbeaten. Um, but the two, the two wins in there, um, the two wins at the back end of it, seven unbeaten now, three wins, four draws sounds a lot lot better than than it, than it did before. Um, and you know, if we can if we can get we can carry on and win against Luton, all of a sudden we could be four wins, four draws, eight, eight unbeaten. You know, so it's a it's a really that's a really good ending to the you know to that little period of games. Um, yeah, and it was fantastic to get the win up at Barnsley, who we tend to struggle against, don't we? So quite a lot of the time. I mean, yeah, it was a tough game. Obviously, you know, it was a grim Northern away day, so to speak. I got the kind of EGBGs to go. I remember recording a show, I think, on the Thursday, maybe with just Mickey. I can't quite remember who it was there on that show. Yeah, just me. And yeah. I was like, I'm like, I've got to go. I've got to go. Came to Friday, and I just bought the ticket. Uh, collect it up there on the day and drive up there with my Adam and you know what brilliant day day. Like, it's worthwhile because we're disturbed by one dog believe it, it's not this dog here if you watch on YouTube uh, <laughs> Mickey's put himself on mute but no look we drove up there um, you know and went for it and I think it was just a grim away day but it was one of those games where I felt like as the game went on it was just gonna be another nil-nil draw uh, but Kyle I mentioned Murray Wallace mate I mean unbelievable right you know he, he he had a great game by the way dropping the shoulder i've done a few tweets about it after the game as well and i think it got good interaction but you know he was just a man mountain man mountain wallace like immense on saturday what man that's i think that's the way to describe him you know he's just mm-hmm. so reliable um well mr reliable mr you know versatile and and he slotted in really well um yeah a left wing back didn't he because malone was injured so yeah, I think he did really well. I think actually Malone, uh, Murray Wallace actually likes that position of, of left wing back, doesn't he? I think I think he's really keen on that position. So mm-hmm. he did really, he, he does really well. He gets up and down the pitch. Um, he had a chance in, the, in what's five minutes, didn't he? When Ojo tested the keeper, he parried him out, parried it out, and, and Murray Wallace just I think he he got uh, blocked by the keeper, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was a fantastic header, the one that one that he scored. The keeper was there also, wasn't he, to to take it off him? But Murray yeah. Wallace got it. And then I love the celebration where Hutchinson falls into the 
advertising. He's into the advertising board. That's fantastic. Yeah. In a way. yeah he, he just sort of palms him off, doesn't he? I think that was great. And I think Hutchinson is, is a big part in, 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 in our last two wins. Definitely. I mean, Mickey, like I said on Murray Wallace there, I mean, he's been probably the unsung hero, but also we give him a lot of praise, I think, in the start of the season. You know, he's been dependable, fielding left side, centre-half, centre-half itself, um, left wing-back as well. You can pretty much put him anywhere. I'm pretty sure he'll do a job for us, like we've always said in the last previous shows anyway. But just a bit on him, you know, like he's signed from Scunthorpe, centre-half, obviously can play left-back, does a job there. But as Kai was saying there, he seems to put him anywhere and he just takes it like a duck in water, so to speak, doesn't it? He's just Mr. Mr. Consistent, isn't he? And um, and now the team allegedly what you know Rao wants is that he's starting to get the team playing um, with the players that he wanted. Obviously, injury and everything else is allowing him to do it. They seem to you know they seem to be having elements where they look really dangerous. At the moment, it's not for the full ninety minutes, but they're definitely having you know little pieces where they suddenly look dangerous. I mean, the way Murray Wallace got up clear against everyone around him there was no one going to stop him taking that goal he was up there solid banging and that's it all we've got to do is be able to do what he did there a couple of times a game um and then realistically we can make a a, a good march um up the table so you know we moan and groan about it but we've only lost twice this season um and to be in the position where we are with only two losses is not bad in the level of competition, what's um, what's in the championship this season? Yeah, I mean, we've seen what happened. Obviously, we, the two teams have lost to Fulham and Cardiff this season. Cardiff are down on 20th. I think they've lost six on the bounce. McCarthy's job's in the balance. I don't think he's been sat yet, unless anyone's told me otherwise. No. Um, and then, obviously, you know, Fulham have struggled recently and all. So, it's a tough league. It's obviously highlighting what it's about. I mean, Kai, so what's the power of what a couple of wins can do there, isn't it? It's like... We, I was saying it, you know, if we get to 15 games and less than 15 points, said it on a couple of shows, you know, the pressure is going to be firmly on the manager. But, you know, we're on 15 points now after 11 games. So, I mean, obviously me putting that kind of thing out there. So, if Rowie, if you're listening, I want 21 points after 13 games. That's two more wins, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably in the playoffs at that point. If we do That's that. it, mate. 100%. Yeah. But the, yeah. it's just obviously how tough it is in this league. But also it highlights, you know, maybe it's better to win games obviously stately obvious here instead of drawing so many isn't it Kai? i don't know what you think yeah i think a couple of them i, I this is it's, it's a weird one because like i don't know whether you guys would would, would sort of think the same way but sometimes I, I i question you know the draws the draws that we have um you know like the, the how many have we drawn six this year seven this year something like that mm-hmm. would you sort of you know take you know get rid of four of them draws and go two wins two draws uh two losses two wins and two losses you know, add another two losses in, but get the other two wins. Because all of a sudden, if you get more wins, it looks better, doesn't it? I guess. Definitely. Um, I don't know how, don't know how you want to get them points, but like you know, it, it looks better if you if you win games rather than draw them, even if it does mount up to the same points, um, and then lose game. You know, so but it's 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 good that we're hard to beat. I mean, every time we draw, I feel like it's a loss. Uh, you know, before Bristol City game, so um, you know, but that's that. I think that shows how far we've come under under our and. And how far as fans our expectations have gone up, um, which is positive because that means that the club's moving forward, and you know everyone and, the, and you know we're we're in the positions that that we, that we can win games. So yeah, I think I think that sort of highlights the expectations that we've got around the club now that they've gone up because I think that they, they've sort of, they've the players have raised them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Mickey, the problem is though, I think from what Kai's saying there to carry on from that. It's not necessarily that we're drawing the games. It's always just been the style of play at, at, at site, isn't it? It's just, I think that's what's kind of 
you know, we can take 46 draws in a season if we really had to, as long as we was like playing competitive, fast, good football, easy yeah. on the eye to watch. Obviously, yeah. you know, away from home, if you told me we're going to score a 90th minute winner and probably edge the game on the balance of play and deserve to win it like that, I'm fine with that. But it's the home games as well in particular, isn't it, Mickey? You know, only, yeah, yeah. I think only two home wins now this season, obviously five games in. It's got something it's got to probably put right, if, especially when we're trying to at the top of the table. Yeah, it's see, we've got to be playing attacking football at home. You know, away from home, yeah, you, you want to definitely make sure that you get that point or, or the win, you know, by, um, you know, a stroke of luck. But at home, you need to really be, you know, you, holding it. Because the problem is, is that the more it carries on with this boring level of football, the more you're not going to be playing for any fans. Because the more and more fans are getting pissed off of it, the more and more fans are staying away the more and more the fans will, you know, are just going to get on your back. Um, and the problem is with Millwall fans over the years, is that the last thing in the world you want is Millwall fans getting on your back because you then have to really perform to get them back on side. Um, and, and, and it's literally, you know, if he, if he just played a form of attacking football, you know, even just occasionally done a 4-4-2 at home, he, he would he would get them on side because, you know, even if we lost 5-0, but we played attacking football and really took it to the to the opposition, then, you know, we'd be we'd be happy to, you know, to sit there and watch it. it it's just it's just that same old shit week in, week out. I mean, it's so predictable. It's unbelievable. We know what's going to happen. We know it's going to be a corner where we're going to score from. We're not going to really have a go in open play. It's just the same shit. You know, we get a free kick. It's going to be Jed Wallace who's going to have a go and, you know what's going on, do you know what I mean? It, it, it's just... Maybe it's a balancing act to find here, because I, I agree with you, to be fair. It's just some things you made there. Like, yeah, we were 2-1-0 wins, but one was a penalty after Jeb Wallace came on and Dafobi won the penalty for a through ball. And the other one was a corner, set piece. It's, it's good points, isn't it? Like, Kai, like, is that sustainable? Probably not. You know, but is this paper over in the cracks or is this maybe a sign of things slowly coming together? What way do you kind of put with it, Kai? I think it's a sign of, of, of things slightly coming together because I just question, you know, like that teams like there's a, a team like Coventry, they're they're so they're exciting to watch, aren't they? Coventry, they're, they're when I watched them the other day on the telly, they were brilliant like, against Fulham, they were outrageously good. But then, you know, three days before they were awful against Luton, and I think that's just their style of play. So one day, if it works for them, they can they can click and win four and four one five one. But on the day that they don't play well or they you know they get undone, they can lose like five four five nil which I think is probably the opposite end to us, isn't it? It's probably the other end of the extreme, uh, you know, how they play and how we play. Um, you know, but I think the the two 1-0 wins are starting, I reckon they're, they're showing signs of improvement. I reckon hopefully we can now kick on now and start to win, you know, you know put, put games to bed, you know, earlier in the game so we don't have to be sort of looking at, looking over, you know, watching, really, really being careful in sort of the 90th minute, you know, against Bristol City, that game could have been out of sight, couldn't it, when... Billy Mitchell had a chance. Uh, George Savile could have, could have hit it as well. Um, and if that's 2 0 in the 85th minute, it's game over, isn't it? So the last five minutes are sort of done. But yeah, you've just got to be, just kind of win these games a bit more, a bit more comfortably. I think it will come because I think the players look as if they're, they're getting more, more and more fit, more and more back to their normal self, especially Savile. You look at Savile, the last couple of games is actually starting to look as if he's a bit of a shadow of what he was. You know, we can see the elements of what he had before. And potentially it's coming back in. So you know how you know are we gonna are we gonna be a lucky team and come into the final half of the season where we start making a run and we're getting stronger 
with fitness, with players coming back and actually start causing teams problems, uh, you know, because most interviews for the last, what, so many months, Rowett keeps saying, you know, I just want to be able to pick the team, but I want at the moment, I'm having trouble doing that because of injuries, blah, blah, blah. And are they just going to gel? As soon as he manages to pick the team what he wants, are they going to gel and are they going to be able to score in open play rather than, you know, banking on set pieces and, and penalties or free kicks and stuff? Um, and that's all we want. If we can start doing that and start nicking games 2-3-0, two, 2-2-1, two, 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 um, I think that's when we're going to show ourselves to be where we want to be um, and make a run for it. But look, the season's not over. We're still in it. Without a shadow of a doubt, we're still in it. All those draws have saved us. If we, you know, if we'd have had, what, I think we've had six, seven draws. If we'd have only had two draws and the rest losses, then, you know, we'd be we'd be banging trouble now. But we're there or thereabouts. Um, a couple of wins changes everything. I mean, look at Fulham. When Fulham played us, they were on fire. And since they played us, they're fucking banging trouble. I mean, they got spanked by Coventry. I know Coventry are good, but they still got spanked by Coventry. Well, Fulham are fifth place, Coventry are third. Yeah, you're right to say, obviously, you know, and we could have probably beat Coventry, you know. Yeah. The positives to take from some performances that we did get the draws in. I mean, one thing I'm pleased about most is two 1-0 wins in a sense that they're two clean sheets as well. Mm. Obviously, you know, Bielkowski came out with a little bit of criticism at the start of the season, maybe a couple of people doubting him, but you've seen in the last seven games, so to speak, since the international break, the penalty save at West Brom, um, you know, he's been quite immense for us, I think, again at the back. And obviously, I think Hutchinson returning is a key one for us as well, isn't it, Kai? You know, we've yeah. always said that we've banged drum about Sean Hutchinson for a little while, haven't we, really? Yeah. So yeah. he's one of those players, when he's not in the team, you miss him. And when he's there, you kind of just take him for granted a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you just you just sort of don't really... He, he's one of them players that, that when, when he's there, he just you, he does he does his job so well. And just, I think defending is a bit like that. They can, the defenders can go a bit unnoticed, can't they, sometimes? Because obviously... You know they're not the ones probably scoring the goals. So they're, you know they're the way they defend and the way they their style of play. I mean Hutchinson's crucial for, to us, and I think if if we actually watch Hutchinson when he plays, he's just so good in the so, he's got so much better on the ball. He's, he's so good in the air. He's so strong. I think he's he's crucial. You know, just starting even starting attacks from from the back. You know, finding finding Jed, finding you know even Ballard. Ballard takes it forward, and I think against Barnsley, I thought I don't know about you, I know you were there, but I, I thought when I was watching it on the stream, I thought that. It looked we looked better. We looked the better side in in the yeah. second half. We we penned them in. I thought yeah, they had the odd chance for free to hit the side netting. But I thought for the majority of the half we were we were in the in the Barnsley half. So yeah, yeah. I thought we, we definitely def deserved it. We was definitely in the ascendancy in that second half. Then and you're right about Hutchinson. I think also even just he's reading the game like he's when to go for a tackle, when to come up, when to push back. I think he he, he reads it very well as and all that as well. I think um yeah we definitely had the fair share of the game and deserved to win it. Was first half was shit though, wasn't it? First half, yeah. I mean, they came out us early doors. I think Cody Woodrow, I, I call him the Barnsley Harry Kane. He's on corners. He's their captain. He's a striker. He's like the main talisman for them. Um, he's almost like what Harry Kane was to Roy Hodgson. I'll say it's my mate and he was cracking up about it as well. But, you know, like they were as, asking questions of us, but it weren't really like issues, so to speak, to be worried about. I think we'll talk about Hutchinson. I'm pretty sure he gave the ball away. That led to a one-on-one -on -one opportunity that Bielkowski again dug us out of in the first half. Um, but you know, we'll let hutch that one mistake, won't we, Kai? So it's okay. <laughs> yeah. But in the second half, yeah, we we kind of, I think we kind of kept going and you know made a couple of subs. The was well pissed off to get subbed off for Matt Smith at the time. But you know, as soon as Matt Smith comes on, he almost scores from a corner straight away. You know, and I think it was one of those games where it weren't going to be a pretty football game. We just had to get over the line the way we did, and that's what we did with Murray Wallace. I wanted to raise a question though, something that we all know about anyway, lads. But 
11 goals scored this season. What would you say is Jed Wallace's percentage of involvement with the goals? Not to say percentage, but what do you think? How many goals and assists has he got from them 11 games? Go on, Kai. It's probably one for you to guess. It's four goals, four assists, isn't it? It's four goals, for assists. Yeah. There's the problem. Is that is that is that not, uh, you know, Jed Wallace FC in full effect there? I mean, well, oh, you, you could call it Wallace FC. Yeah. Or Wallace FC. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's Murray Wallace, obviously. Yeah. So, so we've had A. Wallace involved in nine of the 11 goals we scored this season. Mickey, tell me, man, it's, it, that also can't keep going on, but also it just highlights how crucial that man is to our team and the thought of him leaving, which is probably a given prob- at this point. What's going yeah, on? Well, the, the problem is, is that who do you replace him with? You know, mm-hmm. because have we got a youth player, they're, they've got who they think will be a good replacement, then they're, they're trying to bed them out, you know, in, in loans or anything else. Um, because you get rid of him, it... There's a massive hole there. You know, we worry when Hutchinson ain't playing or, or Murray Wallace, et cetera, et cetera. But all of a sudden, when he ain't playing, we'd look a different team. I mean, when he come on against, who was that? Was that Coventry? No, it weren't Coventry, was it? Um, when he come on and scored with the Pooh, yeah, boys. Oh, uh, Murray, um, Jed Wallace. Jed Wallace. Ba- it was Barsley game. It was a Southern Barsley game. And yeah, no. Not Barsley, you, sorry. Yeah. Not Barsley. The, the Bristol City game. That's it. And um, <laughs> and he just looked because we spoke about it on the show that the whole the whole team just suddenly got fired up and it looked completely different um, and it had a, a you know an intensity to it. It's just we've obviously understood, and if the club hasn't, then fuck me, they're 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 even more stupid than you know people give them credit for. But if we haven't started looking for a replacement already, um, then we're going to be banging trouble when he leaves. I think we probably have, to be fair, because they do like to to pick, or they used to um, pick their their targets at the beginning of the season and have meetings about it and and decide how they're going to get them, et cetera, et cetera. But I think unless we really do make a big play for the playoffs and potentially look as if we're going there, we've got to understand that Murray um, uh, um, Jed is going to be off next season. But... It all depends whether or not there's a premiership club, what's going to want him. I mean, you know, you've got to ask yourself, is he, you know, is he premiership um, quality, even for a lower end premiership club? Is he, is he, is he quality um, or not? Because he's getting on. He's probably got three or four years left. He wants a bumper payday for his pension and everything else, which you understand. But he's still got to gel with a team. What? You know, he's probably never played with before and it could all go tits up for him. So, you know. Well, his involvement in eight of the 11 goals, I think that kind of highlights his importance and whether he's good or not, to be honest. But I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I'm looking at the results, obviously, since the last international break. You know, we've had a good run of games, draws, obviously, but the, the wins have kind of topped up for us and made it a little bit better to see on the eye. But, you know, obviously, a, a 1-1 draw away at West Brom, arguably could have won it, maybe oh, yeah. should have won it. Yeah. Swansea away, nil-nil. That uh, was just a damp squid, wasn't it? But I think the game was there to be won as well. That was a disappointing thing. But, you know, at the same time, it's like going Barnsley and getting over the line, is, it makes it kind of, you know, show that we can do that. One all draw against Coventry. Bradshaw's got to be disallowed. We could have you won know. that as well. Though. Could have won that. Um, I mean, obviously, we lost against Leicester, but we'll rule that out because that's the cup. Uh, one one away at Forest. Should have won that. Won that. But for a freak cross, in, cross goal. That's, a, that's another two, one. And then two wins, obviously, back-to-back against Bristol and Barnsley. That's eight points, potentially, we could have got. I mean, you put eight points onto the league, it suddenly puts us into playoffs, doesn't it? Puts, I think, into, into the top three, doesn't it, potentially? 
eight points more, just working out, push on 23 points, which is second place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nigel's lead territory. But then this is it, though. I think this kind of purposely highlights what Millwall is to us as fans, where it's such a... There's a double-edged sword to being a Millwall fan. There's a double-edged sword supporting Millwall. There's a double-edged sword to following Millwall. Because, you know, it could what could easily have been so good could easily have been terrible. But also, I suppose that's just football in general, isn't it? But, you know... 11 games, 11 goals, 11 goals against, goal difference is zero, 15 points, you know, three points off the playoffs. I think what I want to say to kind of round that part, this part up, so to speak, is it, it's like the season's still starting, if that makes sense. We're not really away from anything. We're not far away. And obviously, we're in there. Like As long as we're in the mix and we're still there come the end of the season, I think we'll all be happy with that. It's just obviously, as you said, Mickey, just trying to get the football to be a bit more prettier at home to watch, isn't it? Yeah, you need to worry about getting the crowds through the door because if you don't um, and you lose the crowds coming in, that's when things turn and that's when things go wrong drastically. Um, and with everything else, what's going on with, you know, outside of the club's remit or, you know, outside of their control to a degree, um, you know, there's a lot of bad feeling and you just got to, you know, at least if you play good football... Or, or play football people want to watch, the rest of the bullshit seems to just play a, a, a lower part of it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've seen this week with other bits and pieces going on, you know, with the, the knee and stuff, with the you know the way that the disabled fans are being treated at the minute and stuff like that. If you're playing good football, all of a sudden, all of that just becomes, you know, party to it rather than being full facial. Um, so, yeah, we'll wait and see. More attacking football at the Den, please, Gary. And, uh, um, yeah, normal service will be resumed. We will get the, the three points a game if we can just play a bit more attacking. Kai, I mean, you know, like I said, seven games there since the last international... Six games since the last international break. I'm looking at Mills fixtures. One second, I had him up. Look at Mills fixtures now, going into the next set of games for the next international break. Luton at home. Sheffield United away. Stoke at home. Huddersfield away. Reading at home. And Derby at home. So that's what, one, two, three, four, five, another six games. You know, uh, some favourable games there. I think four home games and two away games, Kai. You know, it's, it's there for us, isn't it? Like to put a run together and try and, you know, really push us up, up to the mix of where we want to be. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it starts with the looting game, doesn't it? Um, they're a good side. But, you know, again, any team comes to the den, they, you know, we, we need to try and take all three points and, you know, don't, you know, make make the den a fortress like it has been in recent years. Um you know, Sheffield United away, I mean, we always tend to get something up there, don't we? I mean, we're, we're quite good up there, so see what happens there. But Stoke, Stoke, I think, is probably the only one that, that's going to be a really tough game. Um, you know, they're, they're a good side. Watching the other day on the telly against West Brom, I, 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 but I don't know how they didn't score until the eight, like the 80th minute. They were, they were, it was the most one-sided game I've ever watched. It was West Brom as well, so it was quite impressive. Um, but yeah. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding your motorcycle with your buddies on the open road. It's a potent cocktail of thrills, laughter, and pure adrenaline. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy. I'm real proud of you, son. Wow, that was terrible. Our apologies for even trying. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. I think the other games are all winnable. As, as a Stoke, you know, the, the Stoke game is definitely winnable. Um, you know, so yeah, it'll be exciting to see what we can do and see if we can put a little mini run together from the six games. I mean, we, I think we did before the before the um, international break, didn't we? Uh, before the last one, the last set game started, I think we said 
out of 21 points, how many would you like? I think I said something like 14. Something like that, didn't I? <laughs> Quite drastic. So I'll take, it, I'll take that back. I'll go out of 18 points, I'd like to see if we can try and get 10. I reckon that's reasonable. You weren't far off, though, with the 21 points shout, though, to be fair to you. Like, you know, one, two, three, four, seven, ten. You, you was almost there. The optimism is obviously there to be seen. But I guess another 10 points from the next six games, Mickey, would be brilliant. But, you know, Can in, general, really... in general, though, there's some there's some good games there that, you know, we could definitely Dar- fancy ourselves. Yeah, out of all of them, the one I'm looking forward to is Derby, um, purely yeah. because it's a completely different day. Um, and you will see bits and pieces on there. But obviously... Derby game is going to be our remembrance game. Um, so we'll have Bomber in the, the Navy and I've found myself some army guys, serving guys. Um, having trouble finding an RAF guy, but yeah, I found I found them. So the Derby game, hopefully the atmosphere, what we can create for that, we, we hopefully get the fans on board and the fans give us the 12th man and we, we win against Derby. Also, it's always nice to kick a team when they're down, especially a team like Derby. Um, there are probably loads of fucking people writing and moaning about that, but it's always good to to kick a team when they're down because um, all these people go, oh, we're some football light, blah, blah, blah. Listen, if we were in that position, fucking 71 out of 72 teams, mate, or the 91 out of 92 teams, mate, would be jumping on us, absolutely ridiculing us and, and laughing and everything else. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, and, and just when you think Derby's luck couldn't get any worse, then you read the paper that Mike Ashley's potentially going to be buying Derby and you just think, poor fuckers. <laughs> but no, I think the Stoke game's winnable. Um, Luton I'm a bit nervous about because Luton seems to have found their feet and they're playing good football at the minute. Um, yeah, so, you know, um, I would like I would like more out of the next six. If we can, if we can out of the, the next six games, if we can get three wins, then... Yeah, I'll be, I'll, I'll be more than happy with that. I mean, this is uh, to highlight how crazy the championship is. Just for a quirky one, uh, Luton, last two games, 0-0 draw last out. Time before that, they beat Coventry 5-0. And then remember what Coventry did to Fulham last weekend as well. <laughs> yeah. <Do you> know, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like the, the championships is quickly becoming that championship again, isn't it? It's like, it's just the competitiveness nature of it. Um, and I suppose what should and highlight that? I mean, let's try and take a positive from the fact that we've only lost two games and drawn six. You know, if you're hard to beat in this division, you're going to be in the right area. Look at Bournemouth. They've not lost a game yet. Um, Gary Cahill's signing for them seems to have done wonders. But, you know, like, I suppose if you're not losing games, but then obviously you need to convert them draws into wins or try to get a couple more on the board, then you're kind of going in the right direction. And it keeps mentality kind of kind of at a sturdy kind of pace as well, Kai, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. No, and I, well, just a quick point on Fulham. They really did screw me up that day because they were 1-0 up at half-time. I'm thinking I put 2-0 in the predictions league. So I'm right on course. I saw 4-1 at the end. I was like, what is going on here? So, um, yeah, I don't think anyone could have predicted that. Uh, no, but I absolutely agree. I think that the draw, the, the not losing definitely keeps you in, in, in with a shout, keeps you in there. Um, you know, it's just if we can sort of convert them draws into wins, if we can, then we'll be, we'll be right up there. Don't talk to me about the prediction league. It's that league that Mickey just sets the results for and forgets to everyone else to do it. So I, I forgot to do my pick. Winner, winner, right. winner, winner, winner. No, he's not top. It's, but I think I've been here. Maybe I'm fucking. Right. I'm, I'm above you three at the minute. I think so, yeah, yeah, you three. Yeah, yeah, us yeah. too. Well, no, that's because he sets it and then forgets to turn. Do you know what? I've whereas, missed whereas I was at the start of the season going, oh, lads, don't forget to do a championship. Yeah, I've, I didn't do a couple. So. Listen, yeah, listen, listen, listen. I mean. Don't make me show the group chat because I have been reminding you to do them. Only once. I've, Only once. I know, Just... no, there's about two or three times, but that, that's okay. You know, you know, bitter, 
bitter is, is not a nice face for you. Uh, Although, I predicted 1 0 Millwall against Barnsley on the championship. Prediction. So did I, yeah. so I got three points from that. The rest of them I feel done shit, but it was more like because I realized I had like a minute to go, I was like 1 0, 1 0, 0 1, 0 1, 1 0, 1 0. I think maybe that's a good tactic to try, maybe. Um, that's, that's all I do. You just look for it and you go, yeah, yeah. yeah right, two, 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 one. It's like doing the football pools back in the day a little yeah, bit. Like exactly. Kind of like just picking because numbers and hoping for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unless you pick, unless you really do pick them. I mean, you look at some of the guys who are at the top of that league. That's unbelievable, you know, where, where they're picking correct scores week in, week out. Mm. I mean, they should be putting their bets on, mate, because they'll be making a fortune. But it's hard. It's easier just to look and think they're going to win and just put a score in and hope that they win because at least then it's a point. And those points every week. But it is hard. When I've done it years back, when part of AMS, where we've done it part of AMS with a, 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 a prize, and all, it was hard to remember every game, to, to make sure that you've done it every game. You just kept forgetting. And all of a sudden, you'll suddenly drop right down that league table. It's one of those that you need to do. Really, what you need to do is do it right at the beginning. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, my turn for my dog to make a little bit of a noise, by the way. So it's the, it's the barking special, this. She's, uh, there you go. But, um, lads, I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm trying to think, obviously, you know, Kai's made his predictions there. 13 points. Did you say 13 or did you say 10? So the next six. 10, uh, 10, yeah. But I'd like to go 12, but I'll go 10. Right, I see. Okay, well... Be interesting. Um, okay, cool. So I think that's going to actually end up part number one here. I think when we come back, we should have a little bit of a discussion, a couple of points, um, and then we'll be back for that in a second. Okay, this is part number two of the show. Uh, Mickey, you've got some points you wanted to raise before we fly off from this spot today. Yeah, no, there's, there's a couple of points. I mean, it's interesting and hopefully it will... It will create some form of debate off the back of this as well going forward because it's subjects what one um those of you who are on hoff will probably have seen um lee evans email um lee evans is obviously a wheelchair fan he's a, a fan in the wheelchair um the email is quite long-winded what i might do is uh put it up on the website later on so that you can you can check out if you're on hoff you've obviously seen it um but it goes into a lot of details i don't know if you know at the moment but the uh disabled fans are based um, pretty much in line with the executive lounge. So they've got a little section there. But the problem is, is that when fans in front of them stand up, like fans do at football, unfortunately, you can't see them. Uh, you know, they can't see. And, and obviously, fans standing up, it's causing rows. People can't come and see them because if they're standing there to say hello. All of a sudden, we seem to have the Gestapo in, in security boxes now, what seem to be jumping on everything and anything. And I just think that, is it time to look at relocating? I know there's a, um, a con consultation to go on with the club, which is which is great. It's just a shame that it took an email from, from Lee to force um, the hand. This isn't new. This, is, this has been for years. Um, problems with that stand. When I was a fan on the ball, we used to get emails from fans complaining or, or broken lifts. So it... it it's something what's not been jumped on enough by the club. It seems to be a second thought rather than a main thought, which is a shame, but it is what it is. But is the disabled area in the right place? Um, and also the kids' area is, to me, and I've, and I've said this for years and I'm on record to saying it, I've, I've, I've raised it with the club numerous amount of times. I think the kids' area upstairs is the most pointless area in the world. If you're not using the North Stand, redevelop it, put a kiosk there because you're not selling alcohol. So you could quite happily get a kiosk 
you know, lowered down so you don't have access there or whatnot, and, and you know, do something to make access there. But the kids' area to me should be lower tier because going to football when you're a kid is all about seeing the players, getting players to sign something, having your picture taken with the player and all that. And you can't do that when you're 40 foot in the air hanging over a barrier. It's just not going to work. Um, you know, Alan Williams moved it there, I think, because of loads of grief where they wanted to put it on the lower of the west or the east. And loads of people moaned and groaned about, you know, potentially the kids' area going there. But to me, the kids' area needs to move. And I honestly believe that, the you know, the disabled section should move. I, I think the disabled section could go at the bottom of the north. Or even, I know you sit there, Omar, but, you know, CBL lower, they could quite happily have a section of that dedicated um, to disabled or, or or another part of the stadium dedicated to disabled. But I just think where they are at the back of the crowd doesn't doesn't work. I mean, what's your both your thoughts on, on those? I mean, the family stat has changed about three times, hasn't it? I remember when it used to be East Lower about 20 years ago, maybe 15 years ago. Then it moved to West Lower, home side of the, of the dugout. And then it moved back to the East Upper, hasn't it? So... I don't know. I think with the home, with the, with the for the kids, obviously you want the kids to be down and up close to, to the players, I think. I don't know why we moved away from being the East Down in the first place. Alan, Alan Williams. And also, they didn't. I think they didn't like the fact that it was so close to the away fans. So then you got that, yeah. And then they, mo they moved them. But the problem you've got is that, okay, I understand that. They moved it from the East Lower, West Lower, because of fans didn't like that they were sharing it with kids in the language. So they moved. So they decided to put it as a, a complete area up the top. But the problem is they have loads of problems. People buy kids' family tickets and then they jump over the barrier and disappear up into the other parts of um, of the East End. So they've had nothing but trouble up there with fans buying cheap tickets and going to sit in the normal stands. Mm -hmm. um, and most games you watch it, allegedly, you know, all the season tickets have been sold for the family, but you look at it on some games and it's empty. So to me, just build a, a purpose-built stuff down. Maybe maybe it's one maybe of those... Maybe the North Lower could be the stand for the kids, maybe. And then they can have that area there. I mean, obviously, then you've got the away fans above the arse. I don't know how you'd work that out. No, I don't know um, either. I mean, it'll be, you know... I mean, I remember, Bill, years ago when you used to have fans underneath where the ones above used to spit on the top of you. So you, yeah. you, you sort of... I don't know what the correct answer is, but I think... You know, the problem is that the clubs are now in a stance where they go, we've spent loads of money on the on the stand. But to me, kid going to football ain't going there to play fucking Xbox and and play games in, in the concourse. To me, they're going there for football. And you would have that that interaction and that um, connection if they were lower tier rather than being upper tier. Because the only reason that they're probably playing Xbox and all that is that they're so far away from the action that it's boring. At least if they're down the bottom, potentially they're going to get a ball in the stand. Potentially they're going to see a player taking a throw in and you're right next to him. And that, to me, is where that that loyalty to, your, to the football brand starts. When you're suddenly next to a player where you can touch them and, and then that's when players become your heroes and you suddenly really, you really, really like it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Kai, you're the youngest. Obviously, happy birthday for last night, mate. Um, Thank you very much, Get mate. that bit in. But what's your views of... Of where the kids stand is. I mean, how did you get into football? Well, I, I've always sat in the Colbo Lane upper <clears throat> ever since I was younger. Um, what I do like what they've done this year they've they've got rid of the wire, haven't they? Down the bottom of the of the tiers, uh, the lower tier. You know, the uh, on the 
uh, what stands that they haven't? They have on CBL, I think, but I think they put it back in West and East. Have they? Because uh, last game, I don't. Oh my, what? Uh, last game, the the was there was there still wire? Uh, was there still was there Not no wire? They've moved Not it now. They got rid of it. They're chicken wire. They got rid of it. They got rid of it at CBL, didn't they? But they yeah, put the it back in. They put it back in um, East, I think. But we when we the last game we went to, I think was Coventry, wasn't it? Um, it was superb because there were so many kids sitting on the wall enjoying the game. Fucking brilliant. That's what it's all about. You know, but... Health and safety having a nightmare with that, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The stewards, uh, the stewards hate it. I mean, with the... Um, I, I know, I think I saw you say something online the other day about the um, disabilities or the wheelchair users to sit on the little floor. I think... I wonder whether or not if you want to try and incorporate them, not have fans in the way of them, couldn't you like, you know, the gaps between the stands, could they not develop something in one of the corners? Um, I know like a lot of football stadiums that like we, I know away fans, I think sometimes I remember going like Cardiff and like the away, the, the, the Sable Sports will be like kind of to the side, but on like a ramp sort of thing and kind of no one in their way, like because it's kind of over a, a tunnel way, so to speak. Or I just wonder whether or not maybe Mill could develop something where, I know they're obviously they're mostly exit points, some of them, but then if you think about the side where between the east and the south lower, um, that's no like. I think that's what they've got a big gate there, haven't you? But if you could try and fit something around it or above it, I don't know. Maybe you could try and develop something like that. Where you yeah, can no, have... I agree with you. I think I mean that big gate's there in case they ever need to bring an ambulance onto the play field. Yeah. So because the north lower, I think you're probably thinking like it's kind of out of the way, isn't it, and away from the home fans. I think it, that's probably something. It you is. Say. Yeah, it is, and. You know, there's been people saying, you know, well, you know, Phil's been saying, well, I sit there, it just needs this. But the trouble is, is that what you're going to come across is that people who sit there already ain't going to want to move. So what you've got is that you're going to go, right, we're going to block out this section in front of the disabled fans. We're going to purposely block all this up. But the 100, 150 people who've got season tickets there, they're going to go, I don't want to move. Why am I moving? This is where I've sat for 20 years. I don't I don't want to move. And then it, it, it continues and the club's going to end up backing down like they have done previous. To me, disabled fans should be looked at as an important part of football rather than, a, a, you know, a, a second entity. To me, they should be, you know, they should have, in theory, the best parts. If we had lifts, proper lifts um, in the club, I mean, I don't know if they're, you know, if they're still working, but if you had proper wheelchair lifts and everything else in in the part and the problem is with that is that the building is very old if it wasn't necessarily designed with all the disability rights what we had when it was built what we have now it's hard to sit there and make it but where the kids area is you could in theory get people there if you had the facilities to get them to there because it's a good part of the stand to a degree i suppose it's a it's a wasted area. it's not a wasted area but it's where the kids are now you can have facilities there but again it's where are all the disabled toilets? That's the problem you've got. Is that is it because where they are now, there's disabled toilets already close. You've got access. You've got everything there in case you need to, you know, an emergency. You can get them out the door quickly. If something happens, you can get medical help to them and all that. So, I mean, it's not as straightforward as going, let's pick them up from there and move them there. There is a lot of logistics to go with it. Um, but I just think that it's just something which should have been thought about a few years ago. There's plenty of organisations. I mean, I used to speak to organisations. There's um, Green, there's something called Green something, who, who I can't think of the name of them now, will come, but they, they look into it, um, into, you know, disabled access at football. 
Um, and that's the problem. You've got the same as safe standing. We can't have safe standing in the stadium currently until we put corners in because the ground wasn't built for it. Um, it was built for stand. So you haven't got enough leeway really to put in safe standing uh, unless you rebuild the corners. Maybe that's the option. Once they redevelop the club, uh, the stadium, and then then we build a, you know, one of the corners, we build a purpose-made disabled um, area and actually make it one of the best in the leagues. That would be that would be ideal. But again, when's the new stadium development and everything else going to be? If that's not for another 20 years, then, you know, it's just a, a, a hollow option. But look, hopefully, if you've got a view on this, get involved, just, you know, have a debate on it online. Uh, leave us a, a comment on YouTube or leave us a comment on, on Twitter, etc. But the other thing, Kai, you weren't here about, and there's more news come out of it this week, is um, the new training ground. Good or bad news? I think it's fantastic news. I think it's brilliant. I think it will, not only is it going to be, you know, a, fantastic facilities, I think it will, you know, draw more players into wanting to join the club, won't it, with the with the facilities that they're, you know, with the, for example, like best, best teams in the league, you know, have the best facilities. And I think that's because they, they, they've got, they can, you know, everything is, is so much, is so improved with it. They, they bring better players in because they, they know that they, you know, the players want to go and, and, and train there and have, you know, that's their base. And I think it will only help us. Definitely. I agree with you, Kai, to be honest. And we said that last week, didn't we, Mickey? You know, hopefully it's a nice hub for the club. It's a hub that, you know, obviously all we said all the staff could work from. If you like a, a new kind of unit where the club can use and obviously not necessarily just use the den as its kind of stadium, like kind of match day staff or general week to week staff. Maybe, you know, the stadium could become more of a kind of commercial property, Mickey, you know, obviously the meetings and all that stuff they have at the stadium. There's probably loads of things in the future that can happen based on us moving this training ground and having more of a kind of hub, I feel like. So, yeah, no, I agree. And also the best part of it this week is that West Ham got triggered for the second second week in a row for the fact that we were talking about, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, the training ground is not going to be built for another 10 years or so, at least. By the time yeah. they go for consultation, planning, putting the, you know, getting architect drawings, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's, it, it shows that the club, you know, is looking and saying, you know, look, Calvin Road is not big enough and it's not ours. We don't own it. At least going forward, we would have a, a plot of land what's owned by us, developed by us, and, and go. I mean, you think realistically, if you're an £8 million, £10 million player, say, for instance, we, we go after an eight, £10 million player, you bring him down to look at the club and you go, you know, you meet him outside on the road, on Calmont Road. You say, right, come on in, we'll show you in. You walk in and it's a building built in the fucking 70s, 80s, you know, 60s, 70s. It, it, it's a Mickey Mouse building. And you go, there's the gym. And you've got a couple of treadmills and everything, get rowing machines and all that in there in a in a badly ventilated room or a badly fucking insulated room. And you suddenly go, yeah. All of a sudden, switch that 10 years forward and you've got state-of-the-art machines with, with everything you want there because you've got all the um, chiro, um, the, the cold tanks and fucking baths and everything else there to, to help. Chirotherapy is the way That's it is for that medical facilities, everything else, all of a sudden yeah. you've got top notch. All of a sudden the player's going to go, actually, you know what? I quite fancy coming here. And you're going to attract more players um, and I youth suppose. and everything yeah. else. And to have academy have, you know, everyone in one spot commercially must be much better because if you've got a sponsor, you can then look at sponsor across all rather than having three different sites and doing things across three different sites, what they've got now, because they've got obviously – the one at Blackheath Boxing, uh, Blackheath Rugby, you've got Calman Road and you've got the Den. 
I didn't read Steve's uh, open letter to the fans, but did he mention about the academy and everything coming one hub together around this new plot of land as well? Yeah, interesting. I like that. Yeah, it's it's good for the it's good for the club, isn't it? And, uh, it's it also bear in mind the Monday to fr- Monday to Friday, probably four days a week on average, the players are there. So you know it's important for them to have that space where you know they can, and also the manager as well. You know to work with what he's done. I think. You know, he's always been not critical of the club, but I think he's always said like we've got to develop things off the pitch to try and get this, the club where it wants to go on the pitch. So you know, obviously he's getting that back in as well. I mean, I'm not saying it's a director from Rowett. Obviously, it's something that's been probably in the works for a while, I'd imagine. But yeah, exciting times, man. I mean, I think that's everything I've got for the show today, anyway, lads. Anything you two want to raise before we go? Actually, I've got one thing to raise because the club keep going on about it on Twitter. Just collect your fucking crowdy if you've got one. Do you know what I mean? It's at, the, it's at the den. Go there on Saturday, pick it up. <laughs> I'm sure, like, I didn't get one in the end, but, like, I'm pretty sure everyone's, like, dying. collect your crowd in, collect your crowd in. There's always a statement out there from the club, isn't there? So, we should have got, we should have done a few ourselves, Mickey, just to shoot and giggles. But, yeah, collect your crowd in. That's my one message I've got for you. <laughs> Absolutely. Collect your cloudy, yeah, yeah, cowdy, crowdy. Crowdy, there you go. Yeah, crowdy, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, let's see. I think I think it's been you know a good couple of weeks or so. We've we've triggered with the help of Millwall admin team. We've triggered West Ham twice over the space of two weeks, which is highly fucking amusing. Um, you know, for a team what allegedly doesn't give us a second thought, they've seemed to have really triggered us. Even the fact with the training ground, why the fuck that's a story for West Ham fans? I do not know. Um, you know, for for people who don't even own their own fucking stadium, it, it, it's absolutely hysterical but yeah um i think it is i mean look it's great we've got things looking forward to um if you're an raf and you are like rocking all shit if you're an raf person and you're a millwall fan or even you're an raf who listens to this and has a little affiliation for millwall uh get in touch uh you can find my name on twitter it's mickey mfc uh drop me a dm or, or info at that millwallpodcast.com um get in touch you're running out of time, but um, yeah, we've got some good things planned so far for November the 6th and, and I'll do some behind stuff. We've got a couple more shows coming shortly. I'm doing a show on fans, um, fans rights and stuff. Um, we've got some other stuff being planned. Uh, yeah, good times. Remember, if you are subscribing, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are uh, slowly approaching uh, half a thousand, 500, which is unbelievable and thank you very much for that and i've probably taken the words out of omar's mouth here because he's mm-hmm. giving me dodgy looks so uh, i'll just shut no, the fuck up now and let him speak no you're good mate i think that's it you've covered it there i think uh like Mickey said check out the youtube channel check out the other videos check out our twitter at that mill pods like the video if you're new leave a comment and mickey round it up for us with your last line of words don't forget to vote for us. Don't forget to vote for us in the uh, in the football supporters uh, association. Why not? You know, every other fucker seems to be doing it. But yeah, we're not going to mention anyone else. Um, just vote for us. We're the best. We're the brightest, and uh, we're the best looking. So uh, vote for yeah. us. And don't forget to send Kai some messages if you listen to this because it was his birthday and he turned the big eighteen. So birthday, now Kai. we are legally allowed to take take Kai to the pub on away games. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll have to do that. Kai's first allowed drinkable away game <laughs> yeah. thank you very much guys yeah thanks guys for coming on as always and uh thanks mickey uh yeah vote for the black sheep of the mill uh fan community and uh yeah we'll be back soon <laughs>
Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike says she is struggling with her place in the motorcycle community. Well, she says she hasn't peaked yet, but she's having a little epiphany. Okay. Oh, that maybe life itself is the peak. Hmm, interesting. In my experience, I found that. Oh, so I just translate. Not allowed to have opinions. Got it. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. If you have bills and debt piling up, a personal loan through NetCredit can provide funding up to $10,000 to help you get back on track if eligible. Visit NetCredit.com today. All NetCredit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the NetCredit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit NetCredit.com slash partners for more information. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing. But rest assured, you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.